looks like we're ready to go here. What's going on, guys? And welcome to yet another edition of the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is episode number 198 of the show. We talk about all things Xbox and, of course, a little more from around the game industry. I'm your host, Invader, and thank you for tuning in tonight. As always, we've got a pretty good show in store for you tonight. Deathloop finally released, and it's you know it's been getting some interesting scores. We'll get into all that. Uh, talk about our impressions of the game as well. Nvidia had a pretty large database leak, causing some games to be prematurely unveiled. Are we looking forward to anything that got leaked out? We'll give you our impressions on that, all that, and more. But first, let me introduce tonight's panel. And we got a few guests with with us tonight. Uh, let's see. First off, we will introduce one of the voices behind the Living Split Screen show. He's also a panel member on the Shop Podcast. Please welcome Pong uh, Pong Soul. How you doing, bud? Were you just about to say Pong Shoal? That would have been awesome. I was. You know, I was getting, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my mouth's a little dry. That's why, yeah. And I was about to say that I caught myself. I caught myself, and it's all good. I saved it. Sorry, I had to point it out, Invader. Hey, man, uh, thank you so much for the invite. Awesome to be here on a Sunday night. Didn't think I was going to be doing anything tonight but gaming, but then you hit me up, and I was like, oh, heck yeah, let's get back on TXR again, man. I love what you guys do here. And then I got an even bigger surprise because Kiz Smooth is here, uh, which is fantastic. Because uh, I got to be on with him when he joined us over on Xbox Ultimate. So, uh, Kid, great to be on another show with you as well. And, of course, Centurion and Shockley, uh, both great to see you gentlemen as well. So, yeah, no, we got some great topics. Let's uh, let's let's get into this, Invader. Let's talk. All right, all right. We will get into this uh, very soon, Pong. Uh, but first, let me introduce the other guest here. And also joining us is a member of the Weapon Wheel podcast, a pretty awesome voice within the Xbox community, the Xbox podcasting. Please welcome Kid Smooth. How you doing, bud? What's up, everyone? Thank you guys for having me. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever been on TXR. Um, I obviously know um, about it a lot. You guys have long history, um, but I'm happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Um, and I can't wait to talk about today's topics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, uh, this is your first time coming on. Uh, you know what? We've been meaning to have you on for a while, as well as a few other members of uh, Weapon Wheel. It's just because, again, because of the time frames of both shows, it's hard to really line up. I know Centurion and I were on Weapon Wheel one time, and then yeah. we had to do our show, and it was just like, okay, got to go to the washroom, got to, uh, you know grab uh, something to eat real quick, and then make it back for the show. So, you know, that's the problem. So many shows, so little time, right? Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> totally. But it's great having you here, bud. Uh, now, going over to the TXR crew, uh, Centurion, bud, just speaking about you, how you been? I've been doing great, man. We've got two amazing guests. It's Sunday night. I've been, I finally uh, finished all the campaigns on uh, the new Aliens game, Fireteam. Um, looking forward to tonight's show, topics. This is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Shockley, buddy, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Uh, so far, and thank you for guests for definitely dropping in. We were a little bit short today, but uh, finally got through Plague's Tale. I know I had halfway finished it way long ago, and, <laughs> but I uh, finally got through that. So, man, that game gets dark towards the end. Not that it isn't at the start of it, but... <laughs> I'm 
but yeah, I'm excited to see the uh, the sequel that, that drops in uh, game. I think yeah, drops in Game Pass early next year in a few months. So definitely looking forward to that. But uh, yep, that's what I've been doing so far. But I think the last time I was on with Smooth, I think it was like a weapon wheel from like back in 2810. I think that was the last time I was on weapon wheel. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's been a minute. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to get into these uh, topics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a little a little bit short tonight. Uh, Tim Dog and MLD uh, weren't able to make it because of uh, just different scheduling things going on. But don't worry, they'll uh, be king with us next weekend, uh, and it's it's going to be an, another awesome show. And again, guys, if you like listening to anything on the go, remember you can follow us and listen to us on various podcasting pla- platforms, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify. A whole bunch of different platforms. Just search TXR and uh, you'll find us. And uh, you know you can listen to us on the go, right? Because it's not always as convenient, you know, watching it on YouTube or you know the video platform. So you know we we give you some options. There's an audio platform too. But uh, okay, fellas, uh, moving along. And you know what? Why don't we get into the thick of things? Um, this past week we saw the release of Arcane Studios Death Loop. As of right now, it's available on the PlayStation 5 and PC, and it's coming in about a year's time to Xbox because of an, an exclusivity deal. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about it, some good, some bad. I, I, I haven't played the game, so I can't say, but uh, it looks pretty cool to me. I would love to know what the panel members' impressions are of the game, and I'll start off with one of our guests here, uh, Kid Smoothbud. I, you know, I believe you've been playing through it. I even think I, I heard that you beat it already. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game? Well, I thought the game was um, actually pretty. It was it was pretty good. Actually, if we were to right now, it's in my top five for the uh, for the game of the years. Uh, my favorite games of uh, this year so far. It started off slow, um, and I kind of had to get like kind of pushed to uh, move forward through it. But once I did that. Um, the story really opened up. Um, this game has uh, impeccable like voice dialogue. The, like the two actors that they got in this game uh, to help the story along, um, the, t- the two main characters, it's Colt and Juliana. Like their story, their story arc, and like just the the just a random banter between these two. Um, it, it's just so well done. It makes the story interesting and, and makes you want to like, you know, play continue to see what else happened, what else they reveal and, and, and how these two characters are connected. Um, but so a great story gameplay. I mean, it's your typical like arcane game and that's really the, the surprise element. Cause I didn't think I was going to like it much, but um, the gameplay is tight visuals. I know this is like a PS five PC only game. I would I wouldn't say like it's like a next gen s game, um, but what the game is set out to do it does very well. I feel like uh, Deathloop is the for the things that people hated like Returnal for you would probably love Deathloop for. It's a it's a very forgiving rogue like you know time loop game, and um, but I feel like. Of all the time loop games or these Groundhog type games, uh, Groundhog Day type games that we've had this year, um, I feel like Deathloop is has execu- well executed what they were set out to do. Um, as far as the, the story arc, how things connect, and how you can approach different things, and 
um, and how you're pretty much pushing. Didn't the, the different spin that they put on that game? Because obviously they have the, you know, the uh, alternative mode where you can play as the, you know, the antagonizer and kind of disrupt another player's playthrough. Um, that's I wouldn't say it's not Nukes Perfect Dark did that as well, but for this element, I mean, we don't see many games do that. Um, and, it, and it does this, and it does it very well. Um, there's actually ways you could technically finesse the game and to make it a co-op experience that way as well. Mm-hmm. But um, the game itself, dude, I, I don't really have much to say about it. I did have a couple issues, but I don't know if it was console-related or the game-related. Um, I experienced, like, you know, drifting issues with my dual sense uh, playing this game. And it did crash on me twice. I had a system crash, and then I had a menu crash. Uh, but beyond that... Um, it, it, I had a good experience and I kind of like I think it was between yesterday and this morning was kind of really the most time I did I, I think I spent like maybe seven hours just alone yesterday uh, playing a game because once the game opened up and the loop opened up um, it became like a, a, a addicting because you mm. just want to kind of just keep opening up cases and, and see how the story uh, arc branches. So I'll tell you this, a couple of things that this game does and does well. Like, so when you hear a roguelite, right, you kind of get, well, me, you get intimidated because it's like, oh, if I don't do, do good, they're going to take all my stuff or I have to start all the way over at the beginning and stuff like that. I'm not a fan of games like that. But Deathloop does like kind of set it up in a way to the point, one, probably one of the best tutorials in the game um, because they kind of simplify everything of how everything should work pretty easy to understand. But once the the game opens up and you are in the loop, it is forgiving. So every time you uh, run through a loop, you collect things. You collect uh, notes, you collect different weapons, uh, gadgets, and abilities. And instead of, like, finishing that loop, instead of, like, losing that stuff, you do get an opportunity to cash uh to cash out those things that you picked up so you don't lose them you you earn credits each run use those credits to uh purchase the items that you gain to permanently keep them so that when you do die or when you do start another day you have those items but if you do like not to do that obviously the next day starts before the day starts over you lose those uh items so there is like a, a fair way of allowing you to progress and the game isn't meant to punish players and stuff like that because the game isn't difficult by any stretch of the the imagination um but i feel like regarding these concepts this is probably the best version i've played Hmm. well i mean as long as it's fun honestly you know that the the loops make sense and you know just the, the progression itself um again that it's fun to go through the levels um so it's not like there's a time. There's no timer to the loops or anything, right? It's like once you die, you start over the level again. Yeah. So once you like, so for example, how it works is the game will you'll eventually get to a point, and I'm, I don't think this is really a spoiler, but you'll eventually get to the point where you get re, uh, restarts before you actually restart the loop, right? So and you get up to two. Um, so if you die, like in the middle of a shootout or something like that, what it would do is it will rewind you back a couple meters back and make you uh, temporarily invincible to protect you um, so you can get back to uh, where you was to get, give you another opportunity to do that. You get that twice. If you lose two lives, pretty much, then that's it. You, you start that loop again uh, from the beginning of wherever uh, that loop is uh, destined to begin at. Um, 
But the loop starts. There's two ways to restart the loop: uh, dying and completing the actual what you intended to do for that day. So you'll come out of a bunker. Uh, uh, I'm trying not. To, there's a bunch of bunkers set, set, um, there mm-hmm. um, as that pretty much serves as like uh, your your checkpoint. So you'll have missions where your goal is to just either learn an item or take out somebody. Uh, but what you're doing is really for you to get through it, wait another day, and use that knowledge to complete something else that happened to uh, to, to complete something else within that same day. So um, the ways to get out of the loop or to how the loop works is, of course, it's going to restart when you die or it restarts when you complete that objective. So let's say you take out whoever you need to take out, you grab whatever you need to grab, you then... The, uh, you would complete that loop by going back to your bunk- bunker and checking out for the day. Um, and then that starts a new loop. And then from there, you have all these uh, different locations that you are going to where your objective and where your uh, missions are. But it, it's weird because all this stuff is actually taking place in the same day <laughs> oh, wow. um, and, and different time zones. So there's things that only happen in the morning, things that only happen in the at noon things that only happen at the afternoon and things that only happen in the evening so but it when you open up the game in the menu it, it does seem overwhelming at first but once you follow your um the pretty much the objectives and whatnot it does get simplified and things will do come together uh fairly nicely all right all right yeah, it just, uh, again, uh, the game's only available to PlayStation guys and PC and you know, Xbox guys are just kind of wondering, you know, okay, you know, there's very curious about the game, right? Because we got to wait for, you know, about a year or so before it gets onto uh, the platform or just Game Pass overall, I would presume. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I'm seeing some mixed things. I don't think it's doing so well on PC right now. I've been hearing about a lot of like glitches and bugs and like just uh, general fidelity overall is not so good. But uh, general performance, like how is it on the PlayStation Five? I mean, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, so they got a couple of modes. They have the ray tracing mode, which is like 30 frames per second, but it has like frame pacing issues, so it's not really optimal. They have a resolution mode, but it doesn't hold 60 frames per second at all. Like mm. it's, it's targeting like a, I think it's close to 4K, but you're not getting 60 frames. Um, and you got performance mode, which is pretty much locked at 60 um, at a lower resolution. It's like closer to like 1440p, I believe. Um, but that that's the mode I played with. Uh, like I tried the other modes, but I stuck with the performance mode because it was the most consistent performance. Um, so as far as optimization wise, they did, I guess, optimize well for, uh, the, the PlayStation, the, the issues, like I said, I have ran into like bugs where, like I said, my control, I don't know if this is a controller issue because I've only experienced this horrible drifting issue when I was playing definitely. I didn't have this experience with like uh, return on ratchet and clank or anything like that but mm. um where like literally I, I i would sit my controller down and literally watch my guy aim directly for the sky and the reason why i did that because i kept finding myself in shootouts where i'm fighting with my controller to like to aim and i'm like why is it drifting up and so i was like let me put my controller now see that see what's going on and there enough he was pointing up so I had to break out a new controller to uh, get that done. So I did, like I said, it was weird because it only happened 
when I played the game, didn't happen in my menus, didn't happen in any other game. It just happened while I was playing Deathloop. And then I had like a a menu bug where I was, you know, cashing out with um, messing with uh, my inventory and I could no longer go back. Like were, uh, the buttons wouldn't react to anything and it was just stuck at the menu. So unfortunately, you're forced to close out the app. And when you do that, you're going to start, you know, the loop over. Um, so I experienced that and then a system crash, uh, which I don't know if I mentioned. And then that also, that was like the, the first day I, uh, after a couple hours of play. Um, other than that, I mean, it's, those were like three isolated issues. I think overall though, the game was pretty much optimal. All right. All right. I mean, that, that sounds pretty good to me. I mean, all games, they they seem to have like you know the occasional bug which should get patched within the next week I would imagine or so so I don't think it's not that much to worry about that but that's some good information there Kid Smooth um so I know we were talking a bit beforehand uh, in the pre-show uh because you you never played Dishonored right if I'm not mistaken or did you I I played them I just never beaten any of them so like I played mm. like like both of them I just did I. In either of them, I don't think I've gotten like significantly far into them. Um, I just kind of sort of dropped them. Mm-hmm. But I, there is some similar things in the games like that I'm familiar with. Like there's like a couple of abilities that are directly from Dishonored that I know. Um, like my friend Attic, he's a you know he's he actually played through Dishonored from start to finish, um, and he was a, also able to identify those um, abilities that are present in Deathloop that are directly from, you know, Dishonored. Yeah, I think Blink's in there. Yeah, it's the, the, the shifting thing one. That's what it's called, but I think it's called Blink's in Dishonored, right? Yeah, or, I think Blink yeah. is like the one that kind of teleports you yeah. like across. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's Blink, where Attic yeah. was saying he was upset that it wasn't Dishonored 3 <laughs> that they were making Deathloop. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they'll. Have, I would imagine they would eventually get to Dishonored, but uh, I mean, the DNA is there. I, like just from watching the gameplay alone, like you talked about the blink ability. Yeah, that's totally there. Um, just the way that again you approach some areas, just stealthily sneaking around some areas. Um, it just it does remind me of Dishonored, even. I know it has a different color palette, but even just the way that some of the designs are, um, and even some prey too. Like I'm seeing, like I look at some weapons and I'm like, hmm, that looks like some deco-inspired prey stuff. So just art style-wise, I I see like a a mix of different things in this game. It just has me very curious, to say the least. Um, now, Centurion, I know that uh, you've played a whole what half an hour or 15 minutes of the game uh pretty much uh that's why i've been just letting smooth talk about it because i've been <laughs> i mean i've i've done one loop which is pretty much a, a predetermined tutorial so <laughs> i feel like <laughs> i have experienced nothing <laughs> but other than i could see what he's talking about i can't i can't deny any i mean what he went into detail about on the two characters and the dialogue between them. I, I already see that in my little 30 minutes and I'm really looking full forward to the full experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, actually considering, yeah, the full experience smooth, how long did it take you to uh, run through the game? 
That's a good question. Um, I want to know if there's a way I can check it out on um, PlayStation. Um, I'm going to say, when did the game come out? It came out on Tuesday? I believe so, yeah. The All right, so I, I played it the night, the night of, because I think I worked that day. Wednesday, I didn't play because I did the podcast. And did I do Sawtier's Gaming Podcast on Thursday? So I didn't, I don't think I played it there. And then I played Friday, Saturday, and uh, t- today, Sunday. All right. So, um, yeah. So those were, yeah. So I'd be, it was like four days, but I don't know how much game hours I actually have in it. But it was like the only game I was playing over uh, this week, pretty much. I didn't like, really play anything on um I, i'm usually juggling between a couple games so i if i if i have to i'm gonna say somewhere between i'm i'm gonna say realistically probably probably 15 hours maybe if i'm okay. like 15 between 15 and 20 hours I feel like it went by like a blur though because i i think i know for sure the most time i put in a game was uh like yesterday um for sure now, if I can ask, now that you've beat it once, what do you think about replayability? Well, okay, the replayability because you could do things different ways, and there's I think there's like two two different endings, two or three different endings. Um, the replayability is there because of the other mode to inter- infiltrate um, other players. That's that's a form of pretty much multiplayer. And you build up that character. So once you do cult missions, right, you get through the main story and whatnot, and you you know you get your legendary weapons and all this other stuff. You, you got an opportunity to do that as Juliana um, and rank up th- your Juliana to infiltrate other people. You could have like a completely beast beasted, maxed out Juliana and just going into people's games and taking them out one shot with like legendary weapons and stuff. That's the replay value, or you could do something else like you could actually be it's not designed this way be, until they patch it um you can literally turn it into a co-op experience on um, um, on missions that you can infiltrate if you know if you want to infiltrate a friend's game as juliana you have access to things obviously the player doesn't so the ai's are the, the ai isn't going to attack you unless you attack them juliana can you know turn off devices like cameras and and um Sentry guns and stuff like that. So that literally, you could assist a player playing through the main game. Even though it wasn't intended to be like that, um, you can definitely do it. Um, and, and Juliana can kill, like, the other AIs and even bosses. So um, for it's just that I don't think you get credit. You only get credit, though, for killing out, killing the human player. And that's how you rank up as Juliana in the protect the loop mode. Hmm. Very interesting. Again, this this game has me very curious. That's uh, all right. That's cool. That's cool. I'm gonna have to check out this game then. Um, Pong buddy, I I don't think you've uh, played it at all. But uh, do you have any interest in this title? Absolutely. It's gonna be a long year. First of all, shout out to kid for the description, man. Nice job. Um, I had seen a lot of gameplay, but you broke it down beautifully, man. Thank you. Uh, that was awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's gonna be a long year for me, uh, waiting for it to come to Xbox. I'm actually really jealous. Uh, I am an arcane fan, so I love their style of games. Um, and you know, from watching people play and, uh, from, you know, obviously reading the reactions, the opinions, the reviews on this game, 
it sounds like Arcane's hit this one out of the park again. I know some people have some different opinions, uh, and that's what Arcane games generally do. Critically, they're always received very well. Uh, commercially, they're not very big successes. Um, and then you have a bunch of people who say this game is just not for me. Uh, and that's kind of where the Arcane games uh, fall uh, all the time. And it's kind of sad because Arcane is so extremely talented. They bring so many unique ideas, mechanics, uh, art design, uh, all of it uh, is, you know, you can look at an Arcane game and go, that's Arcane, uh, just just by looking at it. And that um, doesn't happen all the time in this industry. So I am a big Arcane fan. Uh, I am so happy uh, that Leon, uh, which was reportedly on the chopping block at one point until the acquisition of, uh, you know, ZeniMax by Xbox went through, um, uh, for them to have the security uh, that they now do to be able to put out a game like Deathloop that we may not have gotten at uh, one point if they were closed down uh, is is truly speaks to their special abilities over there, their, their special talents. So I first of all, shout out to Arcane Leon for what they've made here. Um, I think that this game has its... Um, I think it, it's a lot like other arcane games that they try to do, they do so many things so well that the games kind of fall uh, into these in-between places. They don't necessarily fit into one genre. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think people have a hard time. Some people uh, have a hard time, uh, you know, deciding whether or not they enjoy the games uh, from arcane and death loop uh, appears to be no different. Um, I was one of the ones that was uh, very tired of seeing Deathloop at every single show. I had seen enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had seen plenty on it. And I was like, all right, this is this, enough's enough. I, I'm hyped for the game. I want to play the game. Uh, I'm not, you know, not one of those people that don't like arcane games. I, I really want to get my hands on this. But man, we've seen enough. Now that the full game is out and everybody's been talking about it and the descriptions, just like Kid gave us, um, and all the different uh, things that you can do within the game itself, those videos that we saw those those behind the scenes even the gameplay did not do this game justice in any way shape or form i feel like this game is so much more uh than what was shown to us like my initial thoughts were that it was more linear um that it was like a more like a almost like a runner type game where you had to memorize kind of the locations of the enemies and and mm -hmm. get that down um and you know go through that kind of loop now i you know now i come to find out once the game's released you can go explore you know there's all these different weapons you get to find you get you know obviously i knew there was going to be abilities evolved because that's one of arcane specialties but man to finally see all that put together and how much bigger this game actually is and like kid was just talking about there's a mechanic that probably wasn't designed to be a mechanic uh with juliana invading but then you turn it into a co-op game but that's there now like that's going to be out there and people will probably do that that'd be kind of fun man actually that when kid was describing that's the first time i've heard that and i was like wow yeah that's a whole nother option uh, especially when it comes to replayability, like he was describing. So, for me, I'm just happy this game exists uh, because there was an uh, there was a chance this might not have existed. Um, and I think that studios like Arcane are important to this industry to continue to push the medium forward. We see a lot of innovation from indie titles because they can take big risks um, that that triple A's just necessarily can't uh, because you know again they. They've got to be popular, right? They got to be big. They got to sell a lot. Mm -hmm. So they can't take those risks. Arcane's one of those bigger studios 
that does take risks no matter what. And they push the industry forward and they try new things that maybe others would not do. So I'm excited for that. Uh, again, I'm so happy that they're still around. Um, and, you know, this is a big win, not only for Arcane, not only for the PlayStation players who get to actually play this now. And I hope they do make this a success for Arcane because they deserve it. Uh, but, you know, it's also a big, gigantic win for Xbox at the end of the day because come next year, when this drops in the Game Pass, um, you know, they're going to be able to advertise uh, the heck out of this thing with all of these, you know, potential Game of the Year uh, quotes, all these tens out of tens, it, whether it deserves it or not. Again, reviews are opinions. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. And I understand why people question whether or not it should be a 10 out of 10 game. But they're going to be able to advertise this, and, and it's one more piece in the Game Pass that Xbox gets to go, look, we got another Game of the Year contender. Drop it into Game Pass. If you hadn't ch had a chance to play it, come on over. Get it in Game Pass. So it's a win-win-win for everybody involved here. Um, and that's that's big to me at the end of the day. So, uh, again, kudos to Arcane Leon. I can't wait to get my hands on it. This is going to be one long year for me. Um, even though we've got plenty to play, I'm not worried about it but I still want to get my hands on this game. Uh, so I am jealous, uh, but uh, you know what? I'll be ready day one next year when this thing drops. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be playing it, uh, and, and I'm excited for it. So those are my thoughts. Oh, yeah, it drops same day as Starfield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't say that because then it will be ignored for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, no, no, it's, that's definitely not going to happen. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. But <laughs> that all oh, that would be interesting though. Uh, but I am curious to see how uh, PlayStation uh, consumers, PlayStation fans, uh, support this title because this is going to be the last arcane game that's going to be available on PlayStation platforms. And then again, because of the the buyout, the Zenimax acquisition, um, yeah, this is the last game from them. So. I'll just be curious to see the sales numbers on this one. Again, I'm not like a huge like sales guys. I I, I want to see. I'm just I, I I use it as just a metric just to see how again how games are being supported. I'm not really want to like really tout them, but I will say though that again for the PlayStation consumer base, I'll be curious to see uh, the numbers coming out of there because I hear a lot of Xbox guys saying, "Oh yeah, you know we can wait, we can wait." Even some of the guys that own both the series x s and uh, the playstation 5 like myself i'm a, i'm a multi-console owner but i'm gonna wait a bit so i'm kind of curious uh, to see what the how the numbers are gonna go um uh shockley i can't yeah, I think remember. it's are, are you uh, gonna be picking this up or are you gonna wait um we'll see i mean right now i still need to finish scarlet nexus rep near replicant and Tales of Rise that I just bought. <laughs> um, so with it being like a whole nother 70 bucks and mm -hmm. uh, it probably dropping in Game Pass day one, I'm going to try to get through some of the other games, um, finish like Dragon Quest Eleven before it leaves Game Pass here probably soon. Um, so I might wait if it goes on a sale and I've gotten through some of those games and yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. Love the first Dishonored. Um, bought the collector's edition for the second one, even though I need to still finish that one. I just wanted the Corvo mask from the first game. <laughs> right, uh, right. But yeah, I'm definitely excited for that one. Um, it looks like it's going to be like a arcane summer next year on Xbox because you got Redfall early spring or early summer. And then you have, you know, if it's just about a year, 
we'll have a uh, death loop. Uh, maybe that's why they postponed the game because they knew uh, Arcane was going to drop two games in the same you know month window with Redfall and Deathloop because Deathloop was supposed to come out earlier this year, which would have put it out when Redfall was coming out on Xbox. So who knows? Maybe that's why they delayed it. But uh, mm-hmm. um, but no, it, it looks really cool. I think like a lot of people have reiterated here, um, like when you first saw all those early screenshots, Returnal kind of caught my eye more when they first like did that showcase and Deathloop looked kind of cool, but I thought it was something completely different. I thought there was like, and there is like characters in there, but I thought you, I didn't know it was like that main protagonist, uh, Colt. I just thought there was like all these different other characters you were going to choose from or something. Um, but to see it's more like Dishonored and then it just has this cool aesthetic and more open, you can be more creative. I think that's where some people are maybe not liking it is, and this can be the same, can be said for Dishonored as well. If you just play Dishonored and you're not just trying to come up with some scenarios like yourself, like creatively, how to use these tools. Ooh, what if I did this and just try to be ambitious with it and just try to like, Hey, this time I'm going to, you know, take this gadget. Cause you'll, you'll see videos of people playing like dishonored and then they'll do some crazy, you know, uh, they'll set up crazy like traps here and they'll all just go perfectly like a domino effect. And it looks ridiculous. But if you have some of that creative, you know, if you're being that creative when you're playing it, you'll have even a better time, but I could see where some people might be playing it and like, okay, this is boring or this AI is not like the sharpest, but some of that can be said in like, you know, some of the honored games, it's, you know, it pretty decent AI, but it wasn't like amazing. But the cool thing about it was the creativity with the tools and the abilities, which is sounding kind of like what you have in here. Um, so I think if you're just going into the game and, you know, taking advantage of what Arcane gives you to be like creative and do all these cool, you know, sick assassinations. And because I guess you have to plan out your day to try to like take out the um, the people you're supposed to kill like all in one day. So you have to, I guess, apparently like manage your time and stuff. So um, it sounds pretty cool from now what I understand what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, because early on it was kind of like, looking like it was something else but Mm -hmm. i think maybe that's why they kept trying to show those uh trying to show so much of it you know each time because i think they were probably getting feedback of people not understanding quite exactly what it was when they first announced it but but Uh, yeah we'll see hopefully uh maybe i'll pick it up if it goes on a drops at sale because that that not that i don't have because i do i game pass saves me so much money that i you know i just dropped on the rise and i yeah, having spent like more than like 30 minutes on it so like i'm not scared to you know drop that to play a game or try out a game i want to play but you know when it's 70 dollars each time especially like i played through returnal beat it really quick but it didn't feel like i got you know, like it was a great experience but it was still was like that was a 70 dollar game <laughs> mm-hmm. like it didn't it didn't quite feel that way same i would say the same with I haven't played Psychonauts 2 yet, but when I saw it was 60 when I was about to buy it for that uh, Microsoft Awards punch card, I was like, oh, it was 60? I, this, I thought this was a Kickstarter game. I, not that, it, not to say anything bad in that. I just didn't expect it. I thought it was going to be like a, I thought it was like a $40 game. But 
I apparently with all the content that I think uh, Microsoft, because uh, I think early on there wasn't going to be as many boss fights. So maybe that's why I had that kind of indication in my mind from what the Kickstarter was. Mm-hmm. But I guess they added a bunch of that once they got uh, Microsoft funding. So that I didn't know. But um, I don't know. Sometimes some of that, some, not that I'm against $70 in totality, but I was just like, there's just so many of them now. So it's like, eh, maybe I'll just hold off a little bit, <laughs> especially with the, you know, that tax you're getting up there close to, you know, 75 bucks. So it's like each one. And then you don't know if, whether you like it, like some people have indicated. So, yeah, yeah, no, it, well, hey, but it costs like a little bit over like, oh, 90 yeah, you're bucks in Canada, here, so you so. get super screwed. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like back in the 90s when you, you didn't have Spotify. And then you buy that album and there's like two good tracks and you're like, awesome. I heard those on the radio and then let me get to the rest of the album. Oh, those were the two good tracks. That was it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you, you wasted, you know, 10, 15 bucks on an album that you are going to listen to more than like a couple times. <laughs> oh yeah. been there. I think we've all been there now that I think about, oh man. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of albums. I'm just like, Literally, I just bought this for the one song, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, guys, I mean, either way, Deathloop, it's, I don't know, it's shaping up to to be a pretty well-received game overall, despite some, uh, you know, some annoyances, some glitches, and so on, but I guess all games have that. Either way, I'm looking forward to it eventually, <laughs> along eventually, making its way to... Uh, to the Xbox platforms, and as of right now, it seems like a like a wow. good game for the PlayStation Five. So uh, kudos to Sony for I guess sec- securing this for now. Um, but yeah, pretty soon Arcane's is going to be an Xbox studio. Um, but I will I will eventually check it out. It does look pretty cool. Um, okay, guys, I think we will move on to another subject. And earlier this week, Nvidia had a big leak of its internal database. And a large number of games got outed, many under different project code names, including a number of Xbox Game Studio titles, some known and others not so much, really. I mean, I would like to know everybody's thoughts on these leaks, uh, starting off with uh, you, Eric. Uh, shock oh, me, yeah. But, yeah, like, what what do you think of these leaked titles? Did any of them, like, catch your attention, Shock? Um, yeah, I would say probably more the Project Cobalt uh, from Exile. Um, yeah, I saw the other one that was, uh, I think it was codename Endus from, mm-hmm. uh, Oxide Games. Um, I haven't played too, like I used to play a lot of RTSs that were more like, uh, like Warcraft three back in the day and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I haven't played like, I didn't play like Starcraft two or, um, even though I played the hell out of the first one in the late, uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, so I'm. I don't know if I have the uh, patience to, or, you know, just want to play RTSs <laughs> in this day and age. Um, so I probably, that one doesn't pique my interest as much, but um, definitely the Cobalt one from what what was being reported, uh, kind of like the steampunk, um, Victorian, kind of like uh, that kind of gives me a feel of, it wasn't full on that, but it had a lot of similarities with uh, Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, so that had to, a lot of that similar aesthetic so kind of like a you know darker grittier i think they had a picture in there too of like one of their um like one of their leads on the art direction 
Um, so it'd be cool, like setup from if you know if that kind of gets that type of feel, um, Victorian steampunk RPG. Um, now I don't know if it would be because I I know there's Wasteland that was kind of more of like a that was kind of like I didn't get too deep into it, but that was uh, from what I played. It was kind of like um, Gears Tactics, right? The mm, Wasteland. Not exactly, but I mean, I, I guess it's comparable. Or XCOM, something like. Yeah, kind of yeah. like that style. Oh, okay, um, but that'd be cool if it was just kind of like a, you know, F, you know, first person shooter uh, RPG. Totally down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I know some people want everything in third person, but, uh, but yeah, from what I'm hearing, that one sounds pretty pretty dope. Um, we still haven't know, we still don't know too much on the Project Dragon. I know Jez's uh, Jess Gordon has uh, mentioned that quite a few times. Um, so I'm not sure if that's Project Dragon really is like in the sense of what it's supposed to be, kind of like a an avowed mm-hmm. or something like that from IO Interactive. Um, so we don't know too much on that. Um, we already know what the the uh, Typhoon one, which is the contraband that they announced. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean they have a lot of. It seems like they have a lot of other projects outside of like some of the first party. So like with IO Interactive and the. Uh, the ones that are making uh, contraband. So mm-hmm. it's cool that they're, you know, funding some outside projects. They haven't totally given up on that because that wasn't their, say, problem per se, but it was just that so much of it early on Xbox One was like only that. So when something didn't hit quite as much, like Quantum Break got a lot of shit that it <laughs> probably didn't deserve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when uh, Control was kind of like, by itself and didn't have all the pressure riding on it even though there's some parts of that that are you know maybe not amazing it still got a lot more praise because it wasn't you know it doesn't have this uh stigma attached to it of like hey you're in this camp you know this camp's game you're this yeah consoles like you know exclusive so then people kind of get territorial with their you know console console war stuff um and it got a lot of like it got memed heavily which just i think hurt it as well just from like one shot i can take that from any game i can even take it from naughty dog there's points in the game where the game takes there's a huge visual spectacle and if you zero in on that character's face when they're like mid-action it kind of lowers some of the resolution on that character's face Mm -hmm. like you can do that like overall if you play that game today um, you can even, you know, play it yourself. The character models look pretty good, but there is, there was a couple shots in there where a uh, guy from Lord of the Rings, I forget his name, uh, his face got, went down a little bit in resolution where people like memed the hell out of. And it oh, just yeah, kinda, that's like, a, a texture pop in during like during a cutscene. It was a texture pop in that came in. And you uh, just saw his face just plastered yeah. everywhere, just memeing the hell out of it. So I think that's where, um, you know, them not relying all on that. So now they'll have so many first party studios making constant content where there's not like, hey, we haven't had a game forever and everything's riding on this game. If it's not good, then, you know, then Xbox is doomed or whatever. You don't have all that riding on it. You're going to have so many other first party on top of them funding all these other projects, it looks like, um, where there's not so much pressure on each project. So. So that way, if something's, you know, you know, 80, 85, it's not going to get 
destroyed because they pick apart one little thing, even though that will still happen. It might not be just like centered on as much as some of their earlier on uh, second party games they had early on in the uh, Xbox One gen. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I gotta say, I, I'm with you on the whole Project uh, Cobalt interest because NXL is a very interesting studio. They make good RPGs. And again, a couple of months ago, they came out on Twitter and they were teasing uh, a first-person uh, RPG. And everyone was like, huh? Really? Are we going to get an announcement soon? And nothing happened. But it's interesting that it pops up in the, the database. I mean, I, uh, and judging what... Because uh, Jeff Grubb... Uh, had chimed in like you said and he was saying that they're targeting uh 2023 which you know i mean okay you got what it's two years away maybe a year and a half like yeah you know it's not too far off so which should be fine you're gonna have a lot of stuff to play on xbox next year with starfield redfall death loop you'll have all those other games that are at least timed exclusive that are going straight into game pass plague's tale a stalker too so i mean you're going to be bloated throughout the year with stuff to yeah. pay that's just going to fall in, uh to play that's just going to fall in your lap if you have a game pass subscription so yeah no you're absolutely right just i'm just thinking about the amount of rpgs that they're going to have alone you talk about project cobalt uh fable obviously got announced the fable reboot uh elder scroll 6 um avowed it's oh man! It's just like it just boggles the mind. <laughs> like they're they're gonna have a, uh, have a monopoly on Western RPGs. I mean, I I joke when I say that, but I'm just saying like it's funny. Everybody was always at Microsoft to make more RPGs. Now they're gonna have like the largest suite of uh, Western RPGs around. Some of the most famous ones outside so. of CD Projekt Red. But then again, they have kind of taken a dip recently. So. <laughs> Mm, yeah uh centurion pal uh you know looking at uh this leak here uh does anything catch your eye um there was a lot of stuff in that leak um obviously we keep talking about project cobalt i mean that game right there it <laughs> the one photo if that is a photo of the game in the article uh definitely is some eye candy steampunk i mean what more could you want? But there was, a, I tried reading a lot of what was in that leak. There was also like, I think DLC, all sorts of stuff for us to all be excited for. And I mean, God, I'm, I wish I could remember some of the names we saw in there. I mean, uh, I really did look at the leak. There was just a lot of names in there. Does, um, do you, did any of them stand out to you invader? I know I'm not trying to pass the question. Uh, well, Shockley had mentioned this to um, the Ox. Well, it was listed as Oxide, but it's Project Indus. Well, that's what a uh, few outlets are saying, oh. like Windows Central, the uh, strategy simulation game. And presumably, presumably, it's being done by Oxide Studios. That's where the whole Oxide name comes from. And if you look on their website, I mean, they're the the, the, the developer of Ashes of the Singularity. And... I don't know, they seem like a pretty competent RTS studio, but from the sounds of what this game is, like a simulation city building game, it, I have a feeling it's going to be very similar to the Civilization series, if I'm to put a bet on anything. So that would be an interesting get for Xbox, and apparently it's going to be for both PC and uh, 
Xbox consoles. So, I mean, that's something that I'm interested in since I, I do really enjoy um, RTS and city building games. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we're just talking about right now uh, Xbox specific games, but there's a larger list and there's there's games there like Crisis 4 and Titanfall 3 that's on the list and Titanfall 3 really caught my eye. See, so. and that's where I try I got I got my god, I lost like what 15 20 minutes of my life sitting down and almost like scanning that list just to see what was in there or what we possibly could get cuz I know it's not a guarantee. Those are just placeholders a lot of times for games that could or could not exist um but to see that it kind of gives you a little window of the interest that that the these uh publishers have to see what games that they are kind of wanting to put out into the out out there for us to play um but definitely everything coming down the road for xbox and a lot of we're all excited to be in gaming in general in my opinion and you know pong keeps saying it it's the golden age of gaming and when you read that list you actually see a lot of variety and a lot of ideas starting to come back and i really hope like titanfall 3 that would be an absolute blast i love titanfall 2 we saw gear 6 on there supposedly stashed and all that stuff uh there is a lot of games there and a lot of reasons for us to all be excited Hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, I saw Gear Six listed there. It's like, all right, when? I mean, we we know that it's coming, but it's like, hmm, is this gonna be like a 2022 game, or is that too soon? Is it gonna be 2023? I mean, there's a you know, just looking at Xbox's uh, portfolio now and the release dates where they all kind of align. I'm just like. Hmm, you know, I'm just wondering where how they're gonna like position all these titles, like their shooters, RPGs, and whatnot. Uh, Kids Smooth, like, yeah. I mean, you've taken a look at this uh, list, I'm pretty sure. Like, it, does anything catch, uh, you know, really catch your attention at all? Um, no, I mean, I looked at it, but once uh, the Windows Central article uh, broke some of uh, reveal what some of the project games are, I kind of they didn't really just grab me. I'm not like those RTS type games. So the one that's Oxide games are doing hmm. have no interest into it. Like regardless if it's coming to Xbox or PC. Right. Um, the other one from project Cobalt. Now that's more interesting uh, to me, but the thing is, is that I know it's far away. So I try not to get like all caught up yeah. into it. So honestly, I saw, I saw gear six there and we you know that's coming. There were some other um, project names that confirmed like, well, Fable, well, I think Fable was there, but it was under a project name, and we know that game has been revealed yeah. already. Um, project Dragon um, was there, and then the other one, Contraband. So honestly, n nothing really stuck out because most of them, don't, the only new ones were really Project Cobalt, which wasn't really so new because they did tease yeah. it. Um, and then the Oxide uh, Games one, but I didn't really like these. When these data leaks come out, they really don't tell you much. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so honestly, I didn't really. Once it came, I kind of look at it, and then the Windows Central came. I was interested in the Windows Central article because I wanted because I knew you know Jez or someone would be able to reveal what some of those project names were. Since the Xbox do a lot, a whole lot of project this, project that. So, but when the article came out, it was just like, ah, all right, I, I'll I'll just wait and see um, what else comes. But nothing too promising here from me. I'm I'm still looking forward to the 
the next look at the games that have already been announced, you know, like the Perfect Dark, Fable, yeah. Avowed. I'm I'm waiting to see those those for the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you on that one. It would be nice to see a lot of these games that got announced, like, again, a year, year and a half, two years ago. I mean, for example, I'm very curious about Hellblade 2. Um... Judging by some of the stuff that we've seen, it's going to be very visually appealing. Uh, Avowed, again, that's something I'm curious about. Uh, Perfect Dark, again, the initiative has been very, very silent. Well, actually, a whole bunch of the studios have been silent, uh, so that's why I'm I'm with you on that one. Yeah, we, we, we certainly need to learn more about a lot of these titles that we already have names to, we've already seen trailers for i did you know we want to see some in-game stuff um but it's curious to see what is in the pipeline of some sort i mean some of these games again we know of but just to see like uh, again like some of these projects that we've heard about like project dragon for example you know we've heard again like jez and a few others talk about that it's been in the news it got leaked out it's great to see a little bit more confirmation there um and then yeah just some of these other ones like cobalt like you said very it's not like uh in exile have been like scared to tease it again they but they have like a little bit of artwork concept art on their website for it as well as again just their own account teasing an fps rpg so very 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 curious things. Uh, Pong Soul, I mean, did any of these tickle your fancy? Like, any of these leaked titles? I mean, again, it's hard to really uh, know some of the ones we don't know about, but, like, I don't know. Uh, what do you think yeah. about this? Absolutely. I always get hyped. I don't care. I'm easy to get hyped, so I, <laughs> I always like this stuff. Um, I'm that guy, so for me, this is always cool. I can't wait for years down the road. We can go back to this list, see how many were real, and see how many were placeholders. Because um, obviously, there are portions here. You know, this is a testing ground for a lot of companies uh, for some games. So it'll be interesting to go back and actually see. And and you know. Uh, Nintendo wants to win me over, make that Final Fantasy Tactics remake a reality, okay? I, I might actually just go buy a Switch for that if you guys go ahead and do that. So, uh, But as far as the uh, Xbox stuff goes, absolutely. Um, you know, Project Indus, I have been uh, clamoring for a long time that we need more RTS uh, slash strategy slash sim games on console. Uh, I have mm-hmm. even gone so far as to say, make them keyboard and mouse required. I don't care. Just give us more of those games on console. I'm a big fan. I, I want to be able to play Total War on my Series X. I want this stuff to happen. So to see something like this come out of nowhere, um, and to know that you know that that Xbox is working on this stuff with Oxide, and they're going to actually bring one, and we suspect that Age of Empires 4 will eventually come the console as well. That gives me hope. That gives me a lot of hope. There's a couple other ones coming out uh, this year as well that give me hope. But uh, to see this specifically, uh, I was extremely excited. So I can't wait to see more on it. Um, you know, the, there's supposedly been one potentially, uh, you know, potential piece of art slash maybe, you know, screenshot design uh, that has been posted um, that uh, kind of gives you the feeling of it. It's definitely going to be a Civ uh, style game. Uh, and I am uh, all for that, 100%. And then, of course, Cobalt. Uh, I am bullish on In Exile, okay? Uh, Wasteland is 
a fantastic game. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it is a uh, genre of game that not everybody enjoys. So therefore, a lot of people do not know about In Exile and the talent that they do have over there. Uh, they right now, I would put them up there in terms of writing character development, world building, I would put them right up there, um, you know, with your obsidians, your Bethesda's, uh, for sure. And so for them to finally get an opportunity uh, to do a first-person style RPG, um, I've heard rumors it might also be optional third-person, which would be fantastic for a lot of people who want that. I hope they do do that. Uh, In a uh, steampunk-type setting, man, you are speaking all of my languages at one time. So I definitely am excited for this. Uh, obviously, we, it had been teased. Obviously, the, the talk had been out there previously about it. Um, but, you know, again, just it was it was just awesome to see this, you know, this leak come out and then, uh, you know, Jez come out and be able to break it down and say, well, at least we can confirm that portions of this leak have to be true and have to be factual because there's no way that NVIDIA would know about the code names internally. <laughs> so um, that mm-hmm. was really cool. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can't wait for InXile uh, to show us something on this game. Um, I know a lot of people are talking that it is further out. I'm hoping we get to see at least a glimpse uh, like we did with Avowed um, you know, earlier, maybe the VGAs or something, because um, mm-hmm. I really want to see what their vision is. I just want to see a glimpse of it. I, I know we won't get the overall feel or, you know, even understanding of what it's going to be, but I just want to see it. I'm like, the, I, I'm that kid who goes and runs around and finds all of his Christmas presents before Christmas. Okay. So I want to <laughs> see everything. I don't care. I, I don't care if it's early. I don't care if it's CGI. I don't care whatever. Just give it to me. Cause I want to know about it. So, uh, very cool stuff there. Obviously, you know, like uh, Gears six, that kind of stuff. We knew that stuff was coming. So that wasn't a big surprise, you know, again, whether those were placeholders or whether that was something they were, te- I doubt they were testing anything. Cause they're not even working on gear six, supposedly yet. Uh, outside of just, you know, pre-production already um, and kind of getting ideas out there. But, you know, again, it just gives us a glimpse into the future. And if uh, if 50% of this stuff is real, you know, like, like Centurion, you know, shouted me out, I have been saying this is the golden age of gaming. Uh, man, we have so much goodness coming to us. We already have a ton, and this is just the start of this current gen. This is going to be a long gen, eight to 10 years. Uh, I imagine it to be, I can't wait by the time we get to the end of this, how much we actually have on our plates is going to be incredible. And I can't wait to see what they do with unreal five, um, especially, a, uh, you know, studio like coalition gear six. I can't even picture in my head what it looks like if Hive busters looks as good as it did. And we've got, you know, unreal five is just been released into the wild for everybody. Wait until coalition gets their hands on that and does all their customization and stuff to it. It's going to be mind-blowing. So, yeah, these games excite me. I can't wait to see more. Uh, awesome to see a leak like this happen. Um, you know, it just, it just gets me more hyped for this whole gen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree on that. Um, again, guys, like, it just, like, it's an interesting leak, not just Xbox stuff, but there's a whole slew of things. I know that there was one leak there where it said Halo 5 Guardians was going to go to PC, 343 came out and we're like no it's not happening but hey you never know i mean it could very well be a thing maybe they're just not ready to announce it quite yet you never know um but i mean it, it is nice to be able to talk about these things though because it does seem like a very very 
again, credible list. It's coming directly from NVIDIA's uh, database there. And, you know, with all this talk about, like, acquisition this, acquisition that, I mean, don't get me wrong, we like talking about acquisitions every now and then, but there's a whole lot of different things being spun around right now. I mean, uh, it's just, it's just kind of nice to have some... Uh, you know, some actual, like, stuff that, you know, we can say, oh, hey, you know, it's a credible source. Um, but either way, guys, it, you know, interesting stuff nonetheless. Um, I, I, however, I think now we'll move along to another topic. And we're about a year into the latest console generation. Xbox Series consoles came out, what, last November? Yeah, last November. And since then, there's been a supply shortage for, like, well, for a whole bunch of reasons, right? And mm -hmm. everyone's been clamoring to get one. What, you know, like, either a Series X, Series S, and so on, even PlayStation 5s. Well, now there's an interesting rumor floating around that Xbox will launch an updated more beefy Xbox Series S console next year. Now, this rumor comes from YouTuber Moore's Law is Dead, claiming that Microsoft will release uh, a faster, more powerful Xbox Series S in 2022, so not too far, far away, next year. And it will cost a bit more. So, I mean, it's an interesting claim here, guys. I mean, according to, I mean, some people I talk to, it's, uh, you know, it's possible, but... Uh, let's see, Pong, buddy. I'll I'll go back to you. Uh, what's your thoughts on this rumor? Uh, do you see an updated Series S coming out next year, or is this a little more far fetched in your opinion? <laughs> I never deal in absolutes because anything is possible. Okay, but this one here, this is about as close to an absolute no that you can get. There's no way this is going to happen. Now, I can see. The potential for them to obviously, um, you know, do something like Sony and come out with, you know, the, you know, a smaller, cheaper version, lighter version, whatever you want to say, just, you know, a trimmed down version, um, you know, as tech gets better, you know, we've heard about the, the six nanometer being ready to rock and roll pretty soon here and that kind of stuff. But as far as more powerful, as far as being a whole, you know, refresh or, you know, whatever you want to call it, absolutely not. I don't think it's going to happen. The chip shortages um, have affected this entire current gen already. That's why I just got done saying I believe this gen is going to be probably the longest gen that we've had in terms of consoles. Um, I think this one definitely could approach the 10-year mark easy. Um, so do I think we'll eventually have some type of refresh? Yeah, I think I, I think that's part of the standard operating procedure at this point for all the companies is to do that uh, within uh, you know a current gen. But this one right here, this soon, this quick, absolutely not. They're not going to do it. Um, like I said, you know, I, okay, I should take absolute out of there because I just said I don't deal in absolutes, but this one is close. 99% <laughs> sure. 99% sure this is not going to happen. It just makes zero sense. They are fighting for every little bit of stock as the, as it is right now. We know there's some help on the way that, you know, we're trying to build some stateside uh, manufacturing plants uh, to try to alleviate some of the issues, the shortages, but those are going to take, you know, a year or two to get up and running. I mean, there's just no way uh, in the middle of what we've got going on with the entire world right now that they're even close to thinking about doing something like that. Um, in, in my opinion, again, this is all opinion. So uh, I think this is kind of a BS 
um, report or it was a report, uh, you know, that, that, that had come up that there was, you know, plans. We always know they're planning for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know there's talks. I mean, Phil's confirmed, of course, they're, they're, they're looking at more consoles. They're, they're designing their next console right now as we speak. So that's always going to happen. But the time frame wise is what I have an issue with. Uh, so I definitely do not give credence to this, uh, this one here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I can see what you mean. Like, you know, it's already been tough trying to find one of these consoles as is. I mean, maybe you'd be lucky to find a, a Series S more than a Series X by far. But, again, they're having a hard time getting these consoles out already. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's certainly an interesting rumor. I, I can't see it coming so soon, especially within, like again a two-year time frame i mean it, it's possible that it you know they could be confusing like again look at what playstation's doing you know the yeah. uh, the update right to the uh you know to the you know the cooling side of the you know or whatever it may be right yeah Just they're always going to look to make the consoles cheaper right so they, they can start making money on the consoles. That's what Sony did, right? They're, they're trying to find ways to do that at all times because right now they're losing money on the consoles so they gotta try to rework it and if they can find cheaper parts or they can slim it down trim it down a little bit Mm -hmm. so that you know these production cost wise it goes down so they can start making a little bit of money off the consoles that's what they're going to look to do Mm -hmm. yeah it could be something again yeah where it's like the playstation heat sink you know they replace that they cut some of that out slim like make made it a little less um hefty i guess you could say um but it's still the same console overall um, Shockley, buddy, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Do you think we'll see a, a refresh uh, like this early coming next year to the Series S, or is this just a load of BS? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, I think the reports that you've heard of, like Sony doing one, wasn't coming out until, like, I think they rumored either 2023 or 2024. So, yeah, I, I, it wouldn't really make too much sense. Like they 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 planned that out and they planned it out later than what at least the reports were for PS5. Apparently, that was ready to go a lot sooner, and they even potentially thought of launching it in like 2019. Uh, so with Xbox, you know, waiting as long as possible for you know for their hardware, I think they are set of like, hey. We're going to, I mean, they're obviously going to be supporting the Series S throughout the life of that console. So they don't, re- there's not really any need since they did a Series X and Series S. What would be the point? Like, there's only a $200 difference between them. And then soon they'd be better off just, you know, dropping off uh, instead of trying to spend the money on RD on upping the Series S and making something in between a Series X. <laughs> and that's because mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming then it would uh, cost more or they I guess it would, you know, maybe decrease the price of the Series S, but they'd be better off just dropping the price of the Series X, you know, 50 bucks and get it. If they get that thing as close as the, you know, to the same price as the uh, digital PS4 because or P- PS5, I because I don't I don't see Sony even touching dropping that price at the rate that those things are selling. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you if you match them and had a disk drive in there, like that's going to help a lot, you know, sell a lot more consoles. So because then they're going to basically say like um, because you can't even find a digital one. Somehow I got one, a digital PS5, but those things are freaking unicorns. Um, 
But if you're, you, that's kind of one epic Sony if you drop the price on like a Series X, which there's no reason for them to do that right now either, because those things you can't even get one if you wanted it, unless you're in like New Zealand or something, you know, <laughs> hmm. um, you know, somewhere where there's not a huge demand, there's a, and they have a good supply. Um, but that'd be a huge boost right there because you'd be like, hey, we have a more powerful console comes with a disc drive, um, and it's basically hundred dollars less than say the PS5. Like then that's that's saying something on top of all the Game Pass value. But yeah, they'd be better off just doing that than wasting the money it takes to spend on like R and D for a new performance level. And that's probably going to give more a headache to developers. Um, just to you know, not that they haven't made it easy just but for them to like hey okay we have to do another version of this <laughs> um that would just be kind of convoluted so if you know in case that was any difference in performance but i don't know seems like it would be a waste but i don't i don't think there's any way that they're doing it this soon as next year no way mm-hmm yeah, I mean, the, the idea of a console refresh coming, I mean, it's been coming more and more of a thing since a couple of generations ago, right? Like, uh, again, the 360. Well, it was, it was needed this yeah. past gen because they both uh, went way, they didn't, they didn't, on this, we could tell that, like, with the Series X and PS5, they went kind of, a you know, pretty much above and beyond, like, okay, we're specking out these consoles. Uh, where they did the opposite they basically it's like if microsoft just made the series s and then that was it like <laughs> is or basically like they took like maybe the xbox one x and then just because basically the xbox one x is basically what the xbox one should have been ps4 pro is what the ps4 should have been but they went really like the se- second xbox one and the uh, ps4 dropped those base models the day they dropped they were way behind like pcs at that time and not near as much ahead of the other consoles like 360 and the ps3 as they should have been so mm-hmm. yeah and that's why they had to do those refreshes like those things were not that far advanced over the other two so yeah i remember the conversations when they first dropped it's like the games are cool but yeah the hardware was uh a little underwhelming to say the least like you're saying uh, let's see, Centurion, buddy, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, because, again, like, uh, like I was talking about with Shock here, you know, a, a refresh, you know, isn't out of the ordinary nowadays, and I could see them happening a little more often, um, especially with the, the, the talk that we're having here, but do you think that we would get this one, like, one so soon, especially, you know, in the current global situation we're in or is it just like or is this just kind of a load of bs so so what do you mean like a load of bs as in like they're never gonna do a refresh or well no 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 just like the the claim from uh, this youtuber that uh you know hey they're gonna have a, a refresh uh based on his you know the sources that he has that's gonna be happening next year do you think that's way too soon or is i it plausible? think that's way too soon way too soon um we are having a difficult time getting consoles into people's hands no matter what side of the fence you want to be on what your preferences ga- in gaming is i remember for a while there nintendo switches were even scarce uh you still have to kind of look around for them now the, uh, the demand right now is so heavy i think it would be a very bad time 
to try to refresh the console. I think you'd rather first make sure that consumers are able to get their hands on them because there's also a big problem with scalping, in my opinion. Um, but the big nail in the coffin for me on the whole conversation, which made me chuckle, was because um, I hate to kind of be... Let me, what I do for a living, I do deal a lot with um, manufacturers over in China. Uh, I actually um, can name off a couple names right now to prove it. But I so to put it out there, one cargo container um, from the one of the companies I deal with costs seventeen thousand dollars to just put it on a boat and bring it over to the port of entry in Los Angeles. Um, they were subjugated to a 25% invoice, uh, uh, value of invoice. Basically, whatever they declare that container is actually worth, they have to pay 25% to U.S. Customs to uh, allow it to come in. Um, and by the time they were done, this cargo container came out to like $28,500. And that was just shipping. Mm. That didn't include the value of the materials inside it. Um, right now, shipping is at an all-time high. Getting things moved around the world logistically right now is a complete nightmare, let alone sourcing materials. I don't think PlayStation started nixing the heat sink to be vicious. I don't think they did it to cut corners in a way. I think they were also put in a situation where the materials needed for making this heat sink as large as it was Somebody probably said, hey, we can do this, we can do that, and we can cut back on these materials because, let's put it this way, uh, plastic and other stuff is easily made when we're talking about heat sink materials, copper, aluminum, gold, uh, even more exotic materials than that. It becomes really difficult to source them, especially in large quantities right now. Um, and that's where you, to sit down and say, I'm going to make a more high-powered console, and let's also put it in. Microsoft doesn't do anything simple. I have the, They are very well known for creating custom hardware to do what they want to do. So uh, the redesign would definitely involve something along that thinking as well. So they would also have to have all these materials in place, and they would also have to somehow know that – the cost of this is at an all-time high. I think these console manufacturers right now are just trying to stay, wait until it stabilizes so that way they can somehow bring... Let's just put it this way. When they started making these consoles, it was before the pandemic. And all of a sudden, the pandemic and a whole bunch of things started happening and cost of materials, labor, all sorts of stuff started skyrocketing. And we saw the cost of everything go up worldwide. And the cost of game consoles stayed steady. They absorbed a lot of that cost that went for the skyrocketing of materials and other stuff. And I really do feel that right now a redesign would be a bad idea because they should just wait until things stabilize. What I've heard things, at least in the shipping world, will stabilize sometime after February of next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that sounds about right to me, too, because it's going to take a while <laughs> uh, before everything gets, uh, you know, a little more settled, more organized, and uh, yeah, I mean, look at all the, you know, the chip shortages alone, right? So, yeah. I... Well, it, it gets worse, like, yeah, now, the chip shortage, like, everybody, like, the chip shortages, it's not like the 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 place where they're manufacturing these chips 
is across the street from the hole in the ground that they're mining this stuff out of. You know, they're not just like passing over there. There's a a large logistical thing that has to take place for materials to get from the mine to the manufacturer to create the part. And then it goes out to the other manufacturers to go into their products. And I mean, it's at a snail's pace right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, that's an interesting, uh, no, that's some good insight, especially with your job there, Accenture. And I'm glad you mentioned Sorry, that. I'm not trying to go off on a tangent. That's why I, when I saw that, I was like, uh, yeah, if they love just setting money on fire right now, like, pff, sure, yeah, throw a lot of money at a situation that regretfully is, you're just waiting for it to normalize. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Well, it seems like, again, the show is building a consensus that, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I don't know, it's looking like it's not, uh, not. Uh, likely that this is real, but uh, Kid Smooth, I'm curious about your take on this. With uh, you know this whole uh, console refresh already, uh, you know, do you think that we could see one like coming that soon, or is this just kind of uh, you know a big giant? Yeah, not fine. I mean, this is more as law is dead. He's he's been wrong more than he's been right um <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense at all um we it's still hard to get a ps5 and series x as in their current existence so where are they going to get these parts where they're going to get like if they can't mine the original stuff why I, I it doesn't it doesn't make any sense um i don't and you, you think about what the xbox series s was targeted for the price point um and introducing a powerful weaker series s a more powerful but still weaker series s it what what who are you targeting with that what would be the point um and remember and i feel the rumor has it that xbox was having a tough time determining you know whether to do a series s itself um i'm not sure it would serve any purpose do i think a ps5 pro will probably happen maybe do I think a Series X2 and Series S2 would happen? I'm, I think those would be the actual next-gen, next-gen consoles. I don't think we're going to get your typical uh, next-gen refresh for the simple fact that these consoles are current. They're like they're like the the tech that's in them. They're not behind anything. They're already in, they're like current. Like this is the first time we had like like both consoles are targeting like new uh, hardware from AMD. Like the the stuff that's in these consoles came out. The year the consoles came out, they're not like using like stuff that's been out for like I think the Xbox One and um, PS4 was using uh, 2010, 2011 base like stuff at that point. Um, so there's not really a need. Um, nobody's like uh, both the consoles aren't even like in a lot of people's hands. Uh, I think I don't know where PlayStation is at in sales. I think I think PlayStation might be at like. Just over 10 million Xbox is probably somewhere at like 7 million. That's not enough mm. to introduce a mid gen refresh next year. Um, so yeah, it was when I first heard it, I was like, This is baloney. I was like, The most they're gonna do is do what PlayStation did just recently, and yeah, they're gonna their parts are gonna become cheaper, they're gonna parts are gonna be more efficient, but we won't actually see, they won't change the name. It will be the same packaging, it might be slightly different innards in our consoles, but nothing to make a actual difference for us. Um, and yeah, just really a load of baloney, honestly. There's there's no new consoles coming next year. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't even scratched the surface when it comes to uh, the power of these consoles. Again, we've only had them for, you know, a year in our hands. Of course, you know, as somebody mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, these console makers, these manufacturers, they, you know, they think ahead of time about what they want to do. They, they, you always have to have some kind of a plan in mind and, you know, you... Um, you test certain things and whatnot, but nothing's going to be out this soon, you know, like, again, plus, I, I honestly think that you would piss off some people just by uh, announcing, uh, you know, more refreshes this soon, so I, I don't think it would be a good idea anyways, but, I mean, it's not something that I can get behind, I mean, sure, I think that refreshes are going to be more and more becoming a thing, um, but at the same time, it, it's, it's just too soon, at least... At least three to four years, I would say. At least four years, but nothing nothing this soon, no. No, because I think a lot of people would just think, hey, I just wasted money. So, I don't know, that's just me. But, um, I don't know, I just, I, I, I don't really see the validity in this, but just interesting talking with you guys and what your thoughts were. Um, because I know a lot of guys in the chat are still looking for these consoles already, the Series XS and even the PlayStation consoles, so, uh... Oh, just trying to get your hands on one is uh, interesting, to say the least. But um, I think on that note, guys, we will move on to the last topic of the night. And a few days ago, THQ Nordic had its 10th anniversary digital showcase. And they ended up announcing six brand new titles, some of which included Destroy All Humans 2, Reprobed, it's a remake, Outcast 2, and... MX versus ATV Legends, just, just again, to name a few of the titles. Um, Centurion Bud, did anything announced by THQ uh, Nordic here catch your attention, catch your eye, or was it just meh, in your opinion? Uh, actually, no. I'm pretty excited. I mean, I'm going to be just blunt. I love Destroy All Humans. Um, I love... It's kind of funny. I hate having ADHD, but... The first, the trailer for the first game remake in 2020 had me one with playing Rammstein, and that's where I got to enjoy because I never got to play it originally. Sorry, I never got to play it originally, um, and now I get to play the remake, and I've been having a lot of fun. And then when I saw the trailer for Destroy All Humans 2, again they went back to Rammstein, which made me laugh my ass off. It totally looks like an absolute fun time. I need to get Destroy All Humans out of the way so I can play this one. But then there was other games on there. Um, the Outcast game, I think. Didn't Microsoft give that away to us for uh, like... Um, it was a Games with like Gold ga- title. A games with Gold. Yeah. And I even grabbed that game. So I was like, oh, I can actually play the game before this. And it. Act- I mean, I want to know more about it because it actually looks like a very good game. Um, my wife happened to see the SpongeBob game that right there totally excited her. She loves SpongeBob. So I'm going to end up probably having to get that for her. Um, the other one though, Elix two Elix is one of those games that I feel like has been flying under the radar. I got to play a little bit of it, watch some stuff online. I went and picked the game up. I know it's like a very hard, uh, RPG um and i it's good to see that they're really wanting to kind of also double down on it and go with a sequel for the game so there's there's a lot of gems in there at least for me and people who are a big fan of what thq does Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, they've assembled a lot of pretty good IP over the past couple of years. Um, Destroy All Humans, I I bought and played the, uh, the, the remake of the first game. I thought it was, like, really well updated, the destruction was good, graphics, and just the content that was there, it, um, everything just, like, flowed very well, even, like, the menu system they redesigned, or, or just, like, there were different, like, things that they reorganized, and it just worked really well, um, honestly, just judging from this, uh, this, uh, Destroy All Humans 2 reprobed, I am certainly gonna get this title, I, I think it's going to be a real treat. I don't think it set a release date. I want to say next year, but it's t- it's on the uh, the new consoles, so on Unreal Engine 4, so it should look beautiful. Outcast 2, I mean, this is a sequel to a beloved game from, like, again, years back. Like you said, Centurion, uh, Microsoft had gave, given away a, uh, you know, the first game. I think it was like a remaster and I, th- I thought it was all right. It didn't really blow me away, to be honest, but it was okay. But this is a, supposed to be an open-world, third-person uh, third person game. The non-linear story aspect with, like, a dy- dynamic plot system really caught my eye. So I'll be curious to see where they go with this. And, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good for what they announced. Again, not everything's going to catch your eye, but eh, I thought they had a good assembly of games. Uh, Pong Buddy, I don't know if you caught anything that uh, THQ announced. Uh, well, what's your take? Did anything? Uh, did you like anything they showed? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a huge... Uh, Embracer Group is one of my favorite publishers. So uh, mm-hmm. what they've assembled over there is the greatest collection, almost 300 IP strong now, obviously including THQ and all their stuff. Um of of double a games of classic ip that that you know has cult followings like time splitters right that's a big one for me that they're bringing back officially um so i love thq nordic and i love what they do uh you know i know some people were disappointed that they didn't show darksiders there uh that's going to be coming they've got 42 uh titles in uh development right okay. now uh and they've got 28 more to show because they only showed us uh you know they've only got, they've only announced 14 so mm-hmm. plenty more to come from thq nordic but this show specifically destroy all humans to absolutely destroy all humans is a great game fun enjoyed it back in the day uh i fooled around with the remaster they did an incredible job like you were just talking about invader with with the remaster i thought it, it, it's gorgeous uh just really well done mm-hmm. That's how you like to see remasters done. Um, so I, for me, that one right out the park uh, hit me. Outcast uh, 2. Um, played Outcast 1 on uh, PS4 when it was launched. Uh, I know it was gigantic on the PC. It was kind of like a open world before open worlds were a really huge thing. And they tried a lot of new stuff that other games kind of took from it. Um, and so when I played it on the PS4, I was kind of like you. I was like, hey, this is really cool. you know. But nowadays... You know, it's been done so much like there, it yeah. didn't blow me away. Um, you know, like I said, I thought there was really some cool ideas in there. So I can't wait to see what they do with Outcast 2, uh, to be honest. I really I do. I, this title has got me interested. I want to see where they go with it and what they bring to it this time. And obviously just being on current gen, I can't wait to see, um, you know, if it how much better it plays as a, as a as a sequel than the original did when they brought it over. So for me, that one uh, as well. And then. Uh, much like Centurion, Elix too. Um, that's huge. Uh, again, I just said I'm a double A lover. 
Okay. I, I know some people, you know, take them or leave them. Some people just absolutely despise it, whatever the case may be. I always I, look, I play games that people consider junk. Okay. I play games that are 60 Metacritic because I don't care. Right. If something interests me, I'm going to play it. Elix is very, very good. Uh, it does have that double A quality. So there are issues with it. But from the standpoint of coming from a smaller studio, the world, uh, the world building, um, the characters, awesome, awesome job. And some of the ideas, the, the different classes and skills that you can use in that game give you a completely different playthrough. I still have to beat the first one. I'm working through it. Uh, but now that they announced Elix 2, uh, Elix 2 I'm even more excited uh, to finish that one off. Um because again, I think it, it. I think it is a gem. I, again, if you look at the, you know, if it, go and look at the ratings. You're going to be like, what? What are you kidding me? Look again. I don't play games that way. I play games that interest me, and that tends to be a lot of different games. And uh, the double A genre gets overlooked a lot. Uh, so I'm just happy to see. Like I said, this is why Embracer Group's my favorite publisher. One of my favorite publishers right now because they're they're. they're they're making this uh, double A selection of games actually uh, viable uh, to this industry. And it's an important part of the industry. Uh, you know, the indies are great. Triple A's are fantastic. But you still need those middling games, too, as well. And it gives developers that may not be ready for the big time yet uh, a chance to continue to hone uh, their, their craft, which is creating uh, all these amazing worlds for us. And Elix, too, is one of those I've been looking forward to. Uh, ever since it was first announced. So that definitely hit the spot for me. Um, you know, and again, I don't PC game, but I like, I always like seeing the RTSs and that kind of stuff. So Expeditions Rome, uh, it was fascinating to watch mm -hmm. that game as well and how much detail they're putting into it. And, um, you know, the decision making that they are talking about that they've put in that game uh, is top tier. Now, whether or not it works, We'll have to wait and see, but it's top tier. Like they're, they're talking about some small decisions that you make through the story that are going to affect you down the road in many different ways. I can't wait to see that because I love when developers try to do that uh, within a, within a world. Uh, so yeah, no, this this was great to see. Uh, again, I can't wait to see more. Waiting on the Time Splitters reveal. Uh, it's very, very, very early. Uh, they also picked up uh, Kingdoms of Amalar IP. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming they have uh, designs to bring that back as well. Uh, huge R.A. Salvatore fan here from a writer standpoint. Um, loved that game back in the day. The 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 remaster was terrible. Uh, they didn't do anything. <laughs> so uh, mm. for me, that was a disappointment. But now that this is underneath and you know THQ Nordic, I can't wait to see. I hope they do a sequel, a proper sequel or a spinoff or something of that game because that game was underrated when it came out. Again, it didn't hit when they remastered it because they didn't do really much to it uh, to bring it up to date. Had they done it, I think it would have captured a new audience, but they didn't. So we're here, but I can't wait to see what they do with that. They also picked up Carmageddon. Uh, Carmageddon was a fun just fool around with game back in the day. They picked up that IP as well. So I'm assuming, again, that's part of these plans, these 42 uh, IP that they have in development right now. So that would be cool to see come back to. Um, so, yeah, no, exciting times, man. I love these shows. Shows mm -hmm. are awesome. Well, yeah, and like you said, just to add on to that, you know, it's like they have a Remnant, the Biomutant developer as well. Yep. And, oh, what else? Oh, yeah, Embracer acquired recently a whole bunch of smaller studios like uh, Ghost Ship Games, which, which did, did Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, 3D Realms, yep. yeah, and 
Oh man, I even just well, they got Gearbox now too, so which is crazy. Well, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. insane. <laughs> so I mean, three hundred IP, nearly three hundred IP. That is a huge catalog. That's I mean, would you say that? I mean, okay, it's THQ Nordic, but like Embracer, yeah. Embracer is yeah. becoming a big player in the industry. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're that's why they're gobbling up all this stuff, right? Again, the double A market, and again. I, Gearbox aside, they do have some bigger stuff in there, like you were talking about. But like a game like Biomutant, right? That's a double A game, right? It's a, from a small studio, unknown studio that came up with this fantastic idea, um, you know, that turned out to be. And I know, again, people are divided on that one as well. To me, it's one of the better games that have come out recently. I love Biomutant. I love what they did. But yeah, I think Embracer Group is a power player because they are get, gathering up all this IP that may nece- not necessarily be like, oh, wow, imagine that they got this. But at the end of the day, if they actually have a developer make a great time splitters, time splitters can find a place it's unique enough especially if they do it like the originals right it's still unique enough to carve out a niche and that's what the, that's what embracer group looks to be doing here is filling in all the spots that aren't absorbed you know that aren't filled by the AAA or by the indies they're filling up all these spots we saw so much of this stuff in the 360 ps3 era we saw so many good double a games come out of that era and then last gen not so much anymore but now that the industry has gotten so healthy, a group, uh, you know, a, a publisher like Embracer Group can come in, gather up all this great, again, not the biggest IP ever, but gather up all this old nostalgic kind of IP, get developers on it, produce it, and it's going to find a home in a lot of players' uh, consoles. And I think that still has relevance today think about the deals that you know if you wanted to if you're if you're xbox and you're sitting there with a service like game pass and you've got some dates to fill in it's like a one-stop shop to go to embracer group and say hey what do you got coming up here what, what you know what what can we get for uh, game pass we need something this month we need something to get in here uh you know show us your list what do you got coming up it's like a menu it's like a smorgasbord over there so you can just order off that list i think it, this is fantastic for the entire industry i love seeing this uh and like i said i can't wait to see what else they bring us so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh kid smooth did you like anything that uh, thq nordic showed off Honestly, I completely missed the showcase, but I'm familiar with like THQ and all their stuff. Honestly, I haven't really been a big, the biggest fan of any of the things that they've done um, mm-hmm. lately. I, I like the, the the throwback THQ and whatnot, but like um, I know um, they have a lot, a whole lot. I mean, talk about everybody complaining about the acquisition the Xbox make, but THQ Nordic and Bruce, they've done crazy amounts of acquisitions um and i feel like they're responsible for uh the double a game market but the thing is there's nothing though but when i come across uh a a nordic game or something like that there's nothing really that really sticks out um i know they have some classic ips uh that belong i think they thq originally owns dead to rights right i mean that would be a nice you know remake or remaster i would love to get my hands on but um there's not really anything from them to me that stands out that I, I felt like I, that I enjoyed that was above average or that sticks out. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I just have a, like, and they, and they all have big sales on the consoles, like all the time. And then I, I always find myself going through their list of games and nothing really sticking out that I actually want. Um, I think their biggest is there. They are they responsible for is, do they have dark siders? Yes. All right. That, I think that's the, the, like, 
the most recognizable and from them in my in my opinion. But honestly, I, I there's nothing like I saw the list that you sent to me that of the games that were announced. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not even the biggest fan of Destroy All Humans. That mm-hmm. was like, see, that's like also like a backlog game that I purchased, and it was like, ah, I don't know when I'm going to pick this back up again. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, again, like. You know, not every game is for everyone. Not every, you know, certain publishers only, you know, make certain games. I will say, though, that, again, uh, I mean, maybe not THQ, but, like, Embracer Group as a whole, I mean, they have a wide variety here. Even just looking Mm -hmm. at, like, some of the... Uh, the games that they announced, they have, like, what, two different strategy games, like a... Like a... Yeah, the MX versus ATV game. So, again, a bike game. Outcast, third-person shooter, um, destroy all humans, open world, just like blow everything up. Uh, okay, the SpongeBob game, I, I I have no idea to be honest. I wasn't really looking at it all that much, but I saw some people actually excited for it. Color palette looks all right, um, but yeah, they they have some interesting IP. Even like uh, Pong Soul said, Elix too. I remember Elix, and it got crapped on just for like I think it was like different bugs and whatnot. Again, it was like a double A game, but they tried to. I think it tried to be triple A, but it was definitely a double A game. But uh, you know, with the backing of uh, Embracer, I think they'll make a much better uh, RPG, sci-fi or open-world RPG there. And they just touch upon a bunch of different things. Again, it may not be for everybody, but I think they do go- do a good job of um, having a variety of titles. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, it, it, it's a smaller thing, a smaller showcase that they did, but I, don't know, I think it's good. And like Pong said, too, they have 28 titles in development. That's, uh, you know, that's not a slouch. Not a slouch at all. Um, shock. Shockly, buddy. Anything catch your eye here? Um, yeah, not much. I was trying to pull that one back up here. Um I mean, Destroyer of Humans, I don't think I ever played that back in the uh, back in the day, <laughs> or Borderlands. So I haven't touched a, a lot of the games that they own. Um, Darksiders at the time it dropped, I haven't. Yeah, so not much. But, um, but I mean, it, it is funny when people keep saying, like, if, if, uh, if Microsoft requires, like, I guess take two i think was mm. the big rumor going around <laughs> that that'd be like a monopoly and it's like well when you have embracer like gobbling up i think they have like 50 studios or something they're like 70 um, now 70 plus they bought a lot yeah it's like <laughs> buying up take two that made what one game in the past decade almost <laughs> like you know given that they made red dead and then that was pretty much it i mean i think they also make the sports or they have half ownership in like the uh the 2k, oh, 2K. Well, did they, license they got they got a whole lot actually if you think about it. it's just that we only really know them for 2k yeah Grand Theft Auto. on the take two also, aspect yeah they have the basketball aren't, aren't they responsible for like borderlands is uh, and uh, uh that's good they published they published borderlands oh okay yeah. oh and mafia is that, as does well. that ip belong to them because they does, do they own the ip though like it's no. bioshock like no gearbox does own the ip mm. but and they they're do, owned they by do... embracer right yeah, yeah. Gearbox. Gear, gearbox yeah 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 but they do own mafia but it's like... <laughs> as well yes they, own... they do own mafia yes and, oh, okay. and, and take two also have like private division but that's just another 
uh, Mortius. Uh, That's another kind of like just, hey, we're going to publish your game and then profit off of it. Yeah. I don't know if they have any, really any IP. Like, obviously, they don't own uh, Outer Worlds, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, even though they were the ones that first published it. Oh, yeah. um, but, yeah, I mean, th- that's where I think it's funny when, when I heard Embracer's name get thrown around and then also, like, if they buy Take Two, it's a monopoly. I'm like, that's that's not. We don't know what a monopoly is then, because <laughs> mm-hmm, that yeah. is nowhere close to a monopoly. Um, but yeah, I mean, either way, uh, the consolidation is going to happen. So I I get what people are saying, like, hey, shouldn't cheer on a consolidation? Um, that's totally fine. But it's an inevitable. Uh, so it's it's happening. Whether Microsoft and Sony stay out of it, it's going to continue to happen. Now, whether you like what Embracer and uh, Tencent are doing or, you know, because they might be like in the sense like we've seen EA do this. Mm. They consolidate. They got they acquired a, quite a few different studios and a lot of those. Studios, what what studios that they have that are even open outside of the sports studios and respawn who they just recently re- acquired? Well, like, also, they still have Bioware, but like. Gee, we've seen what's happened there. Well, keep in mind, Shock. Keep in mind, they they made a big splash by purchasing uh, Codemasters. Yeah, that that's true. But we've seen like they took Visceral, and I don't understand how that got closed down. I can see what happened with like, um, with like the fate, like with Lionhead, because after Molyneux left, who was like home when you're. It's like when Kojima leaves, are you going to keep Kojima Productions and? Uh, um, and a lot of the leadership there left after Molyneux left. So, because they were like, well, he was our Kojima. And, well, he left. Okay, we left too. Um, so, I mean, they shut that down. But, I mean, I think there's Microsoft is giving a lot more care, it seems. Because um, people like that are more kind of like indie, like uh, Tim Schafer, like he was hesitant to join it on or join on to the team until he like talked to like Ninja Theory and other, or other devs. Um, be like oh okay microsoft's different because he's worked with microsoft before and things didn't go well back then uh that's when he was making i think the first psychonauts which was um oh yeah i believe dropped. psychonauts was the game it was supposed to be exclusive um and then they and microsoft uh said yeah we're cutting the funding on it and then he had to go i think majesco funded the rest of it mm-hmm. to finish the project and then it was a multi-plat um for ps2 and xbox so like there's kind of that old guard, which like how Microsoft, old Microsoft or like how some of the other publishers in recent years, like EA have handled that have just, that I will continue to gobble up things uh, or on the Activision side, we've, you know, seen how things have. So do you want all these other companies to buy them? Like Ubisoft who now thinks, Hey, screw single player games. Every game's going to be uh, multiplayer you know, whatever, you know, get, they're all going to look the same. <laughs> like, we like the division, but hey, let's make all of our games like that from now on. Um, it seems like where they're headed. So, like, you have all these other companies that are going to just be looking at focusing on the monetar- uh, like monetarily, like, profiting off the games, uh, which, Xbox, which Microsoft's totally going to do as well. But they don't have to rely on it so much where like EA has to make money off this project. If it doesn't hit, they don't have another revenue stream where that's not the case with Xbox. 
They literally have, hey, we're going to draw you into our ecosystem. Cool. And we don't have to necessarily, uh, we can release the Psychonauts too and not have to fill it with microtransactions and all these loot boxes and things that we feel we have to make money off of. Because um, guess what? Now that you're in our ecosystem, you're going to spend microtransactions on a ton of other stuff in our store. We're going to make the money off of you from Fortnite, from you playing those Ubisoft games that monetary the shit out of you. Um, so I, I would, I mean, I get it. You'd be taking away from like PlayStation. That's pretty much it. Cause Nintendo isn't making any console going forward. It seems that's going to be able to handle any of these games coming out this gen. Um, we'll see with that. But outside of that, you still can play it on PC. You don't have to buy an Xbox. You still play it on PC or any seems like any streamable anything that can stream a video, you'll be pretty much be able to play. So um I mean that part I guess sucks, but hey, PlayStation's already doing that. So imagine if you know Microsoft wasn't doing any of this and buying up Bethesda. Sony would be buying up and which it seems like they are, they're gonna be just think about every third party game that's gonna be coming out this gen. Um what I'm basically gonna be looking at is is this game have a time exclusivity to uh, PlayStation? I'm expecting that like on every, almost every major third party game that's going to be coming out this, you know, this decade, oh, it yeah. seems like they, they went after Starfield and I guess probably Todd Howard and them were probably already in talks with Microsoft of like, is that the better deal? Or cause I'm sure if they didn't go with Microsoft, that probably that game would have been time exclusive too to PS5. So yeah, it's, I mean, both are playing, uh, because so I heard people were saying Microsoft was, you know, scummy if they'd buy that. But it's like, but PlayStation's not scummy for like, I get it, time exclusive, ex, you know, existed before. But I mean, they're like shotgunning the whole shit. They're like locking down everything possible from here on out. Mm-hmm. Bet that it's going to be, you know, you know, 50, 70 percent chance it's probably going to have some time exclusivity. So I don't really fault Microsoft for like, OK, well. You know, we got money too, so let's lock do the next best thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I, from a gamer, from from my selfish perspective, it doesn't hurt me. I can buy whatever console I need to buy to play whatever. Totally fine with Sony locking down Spider Man because they gave us the best Spider Man possible. All those other Spider Man games were, you know, somewhat forgettable. Right. So, hey, it is what it is. So, yeah, I don't know. But uh, just interesting, though, Shock, like, again, um, you know, all these, uh, you know, these different publishers are really gearing up. I'm happy to see, again, THQ Nordic being aggressive in their own way as well. And uh, hopefully we get to see some more of their titles. Again, they got 28 titles there. Um, Everybody's loading up. And I guess that's, you know, shows a very healthy industry. And I'm just, again, I'm just really excited about, like, all, you know, more games coming into... uh, into our our lives (laughs) to say the least um okay guys i think at this point we'll start to sunset tonight's show and i guess a wicked show tonight with uh, my wonderful panel we talked about a wide range of things from death loop uh the nvidia database leaks and uh much much more um 
you know, a really fun time overall. Of course, a huge shout out to the crowd this evening. It was great seeing everybody here tonight. Some new faces, uh, some regulars, just overall great. It's always great to have you guys here. And if you enjoyed the discussions tonight, then consider leaving a like, subbing to the TXR channel, and hey, you know what? Share this out on your social media of choice, whether it be uh, Twitter, so on. Just go for it, guys. Now let's go over to the outros and start off with our wonderful, wonderful guest this evening, uh, Kid Smooth Buddy. Hey, it was great to get you on here finally. Uh, we've been meaning to have you on for a while, and uh, again, it was uh, just great to hear your op opinions on uh, Deathloop and more. Where can everybody follow you at? You can follow me on Twitter at KidSmooth, K-I-D-S-M-O-O-V-E. You can also follow me on YouTube. I should have some videos coming out soon, uh, some videos uh, for related to uh, Deathloop, Psychonauts 2, and some other um, uh, upcoming games. But, uh, yeah, whenever, um, yeah, please uh, do. Thank you guys for having me once again. Hopefully I can get you guys on my my the podcast I actually host um because I know you guys know me from Weapon World but I do host a podcast every Wednesday Planet Xbox podcast um, mm -hmm. um so it's another like Xbox based uh podcast as well so but thanks again for having me yeah of course and everybody check out his details for sure uh, moving on up here Pong Soul buddy hey really enjoyed your takes it, it was great having you on again. Um, again, your knowledge is very in depth, and you know, I just I like your perspective. Where can everybody follow you at, my friend? Oh man, I appreciate you so much for uh, thinking of me and getting me back on here, man. Love what you guys do here, uh, kid. It was great to be on a show with you again. Always love your opinions uh, and what you got going on as well. Uh, so this was fantastic. Uh, you guys. Find me Pong Soul everywhere, Xbox, uh, Twitter. Uh, find me, uh, obviously, Tuesdays over on uh, Mr. Boomstick's channel, Double Barrel Gaming for Xbox Fact Factor Podcast uh, at 12 p.m. Eastern. And then uh, Friday night's Xbox Ultimate over on Fun Speculations channel with a.k.a. Mav. Uh, and the Magnificent Seven over there, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and then Saturday mornings, the living split screen. Uh, my brother from another Steel Rain and I rocking out every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern uh, so find us there. Split screen is all one word. And then uh, Saturday nights, the shop podcast with PTK Blam and the crew, 9 p.m. Eastern uh, over there as well. But uh, again, appreciate the invite. Love speaking with you guys. Centurion Shockley, awesome to be here with you as well. And uh, can't wait to get back on. But uh, man, play what you love. Love what you play. It's the golden age of gaming. And we will talk to you all real soon. All right, good stuff, bud. Good stuff. Uh, moving on over to the TXR regulars, Shockley, buddy. Hey, good stuff tonight, as per usual. Where can everybody follow you at? Yeah, as always, uh, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, thanks for guests for stopping by. Um, looking to probably get into that, finish that Tales of Arise. It, uh, if you played Final Fantasy VII Remake, it kind of has that style comebacks um so that one's pretty cool but man did they have some crazy microtransactions in that game but that's namco bandai for you so <laughs> anyone that's played the recent doa that are live game uh knows what i'm talking about <laughs> um but yeah thanks for stopping by hmm, interesting yeah I, I gotta check that out since it's on game pass um and next up centurion buddy hey always good commentary coming out of you pal where can everybody follow you 
Yes, it was a great show tonight. Thank you to both our guests showing up. And definitely for those who want to find me, please follow me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and Twitter. You can find me every Saturday night on the Shop Podcast, kicking it with PTK Blam and my brother Pong Soul and the other great gentlemen over there. And also you can find me right here every Sunday night with all these amazing gentlemen right here on the TXR Podcast. Too kind, my friend. Too kind. Well, you know what? To round out the group, this is Invader, and you guys can follow my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I'm also on a whole number of different content creation sites like BitChute, Minds, and so on. Follow me there under the same name, Invader Gaming. Great time tonight, folks, and we look forward to seeing you all here next Sunday. Until next time, later. <laughs>